In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Quarterback. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. And so got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Touchdown, Hello and welcome to another episode of the Michael Rothstein Show. I am your host, Michael Rothstein. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Although if you're listening to the podcast, I'm guessing maybe it wasn't the best Thanksgiving for you, the Detroit Lions. Well, you know what happened. Blown out by the Houston Texans, 41-25, to dropping the Lions to 4-7. and Dropping Matt Patricia to 13, 29, and 1. And yeah. Yeah. So if you read what I wrote post game on ESPN.com, you know where I stand right now. You know how I feel. And I'll just read you the headline because it's probably just easier that way to do that. Sorry if my voice is a little bit raspy. It's been a little bit of a long day. But. The headline of my story is this. After another embarrassing loss, it's time for Detroit Lions coach Matt Patricia to go. And that's just the truth of it. That's the reality of it. If you've listened to this podcast, if you are a loyal listener, first of all, thank you. Very appreciative of that. But you've also heard how time and again I talk about how difficult it is to talk about these things because families are involved and they still are and it is all true and especially on this day of giving thanks and this day of of kindness there are supposed to be kindness around the country to talk about this stinks but at the same time it's just reality at this point it just is this is not working for Matt Patricia this is not working for the Detroit Lions you don't need to see anymore there is no chance Matt Patricia, in two-plus seasons, has lost 29 games. His predecessor, Jim Caldwell, and this is not saying that Jim Caldwell should have been fired or should not have been fired. You know where I stand on that. Jim Caldwell couldn't beat good teams, and that's why Bob Quinn let him go. And in a lot of ways, that logic makes sense. Bob Quinn just made a horrific hire to replace Jim Caldwell. Instead of building on what Caldwell had done, they tore it apart. And what you're seeing is the remnants of that. And that's all you can call it at this point is remnants. Because Matt Patricia is 13-29-1. He's lost more games in two and a half seasons than Jim Caldwell lost in four. That is why I bring that up, because that is the context of it. If you're looking at a bad coach, Matt Patricia is a bad coach. Nothing got better. 
Nothing has gotten better. Now, I don't know if they're going to move on from him on Friday or on Saturday or on Sunday or on Monday or at the end of the season. It's not clear. Sheila Fordham hasn't talked, so we don't know what she's thinking. But what we do know is this. At this point, there will be no progress under Matt Patricia. There never will be progress under Matt Patricia. There never will be improvement, at least the substantial improvement that they're looking for under Matt Patricia, because it just doesn't come. Every time there's a flicker of it, it falls back. This year, when he had to show major improvement, market improvement, playing meaningful games in December, what has happened? They get shut out by an undermanned Carolina Panthers team. And yeah, sure, the Lions had issues too, but they lost 20 nothing. 20 nothing to a team without their starting quarterback and without their best player. That's just bad. Really, really bad. And then they play a Houston Texans team that was 3-7 and seven entering, the, entering this game. They had already fired their head coach slash general manager, Bill O'Brien. Yes, they had the best player on the field in Deshaun Watson, and there's no doubt about that. But other than that, this Lions team should be considered better than this Texans team based on what you're looking at on the rosters other than Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt and maybe Whitney Merciless. That's just the truth of it. And what happened? They got their doors blown off. It wasn't even close. For the majority of the second half, all you had was the Lions trying to inch back to make it a one-possession game. And then Houston would score again. Houston seemed to be toying with them by the end, running a flea flicker in the fourth quarter for a touchdown. Like, it's just... There's no real excuse for it. There is nothing. Like, right now, if you're the Detroit Lions, what do you hang your hat on? What can you be positive about? Your punter? Okay. Sure, Jack Fox has had a great year. And what else can you be positive about at this point? DeAndre Swift is hurt. Kenny Galladay is hurt. Amani Awarie, perhaps? Sure. But, again, the Lions gave up 41 points. And all but six of them were based on the offense because J.J. Watt had a pick six. What are you doing here if you were the Lions? Like, what is going on? It's just not working. It's frankly time for Matt Patricia to go. Like I said, I don't know whether that comes over the weekend. I don't know if that comes at the end of the season. But based off of the metrics that Sheila Fordhamp has laid out, it is time. It is just time. Because here's the thing, too. Now at seven losses, if Matt Patricia wins out, and remember, Matt Patricia has not won more than two games in a row as a head coach, he will equal the record that Bob Quinn fired Jim Caldwell for. And he will have done it potentially beating good teams, so there is that. But what do you see from the Lions at this point that gives you any confidence they can beat Green Bay? that they can beat Tampa Bay, that they can beat Tennessee, that they can even beat Minnesota or Chicago. Two teams that they have not beaten under Matt Patricia. So where are you getting that from? Where are you getting that confidence? Because it, it, I don't, just don't think it exists. I don't think it's there. I don't think you can say that. 
they have a better chance of losing out than they do winning out. Frankly, they have a better chance of losing out than winning three of these games, I think, at this point. That's the truth of it. And it might not matter who the head coach is. But today made it crystal clear in front of a national television audience. You have turnovers on three straight possessions in the first half. You, your defense is doing the same thing they've done over and over and over again. Even though the thing that you can look at on the Texans is they have speed receivers. And they just ran crossers and the Lions corners couldn't keep up. Especially when you're playing with a limited amount of corners. And Desmond Trufant hurts his hamstring again. Third time this season. Like maybe play more zone. I know that's, you know, repeated over and over. But their zone doesn't work either. So, what are you doing here? <sighs> I, I don't even know. I don't have answers. This, by the way, this podcast is going up Thursday night, right when I'm done recording it, instead of waiting for Friday morning, because we don't know what's going to happen. And I, I don't have answers for you. I don't. I wish I did. But we'll find out one way or the other, one would think, soon enough. There are bigger questions at play, too, is... So do they get rid of Matt Patricia? At this point, I don't understand how you can keep him. Do they get rid of Bob Quinn? I think you can make an argument there. It's not maybe the most convincing argument, but I think there can be an argument made. I don't know what they do there. And are you really ready to blow it all up again? And and that's what you would do if you get rid of both of them. Because... You look at the roster, and there's some talent on the roster, but that talent is older on the whole. And we can, we're can we going to potentially have plenty of time to get into all of this, but you look at it, you just look at the roster and some of their best talent. You look at their starters, right? Their offensive line's pretty good. I think they have, they have a good core there on the offensive line. Obviously, Stafford's a big question. Peterson should not be around in Detroit next year, but obviously DeAndre Swift is hurt. Marvin Jones at this point, I, I don't know how you can pay him probably the money you would command on the open market. Marvin Hall, you could say they should use him more, but they use him in the same way they've used him since they got him, which is you're going to throw to him once or twice. It's, only, it's almost always going to be deep. He had four targets, two catches for 16 yards. So they threw to him a little bit short, but still, like take advantage of his speed somehow. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I appreciate y'all listening. We'll be back right after the break. We'll dig in a little bit more on the Texans' absolute demolishing of the Detroit Lions right here on the Michael Rothstein Show, and I hope you have a happy day. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are one of them. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how much you watch. And let's be honest, if you're watching the Lions right now, you probably need something to get you through what you've been seeing on the field. And Pepsi is that refreshment you need to power through any game day, even Lions games. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. 2020 has already reshaped how we work. And it's almost over. Much to the happiness of probably everybody. 
businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. That's right, no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new New way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates who resume, whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore, total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Faster than even Matt Prater's 59-yard field goal went through the uprights. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And football, as we have seen, is very much back in full swing. And you might not be at a game this year. Only 500 or so people can be in Lions games over the last couple of home games. But you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use that promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to our show. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. So let's dive in a little bit more to the actual game because obviously I got off of my chest what what today really felt like for the Lions. And to be fair, Matt Patricia in his postgame press conference, and there were audio issues all over the place in that postgame press conference. Those were not his fault. That was not purposeful by the Lions because they made sure they got us the full audio that was clean afterward it was just part of the zoom technical world but Matt Patricia was was honest in the postgame press conference saying they had to you know be better do better that there wasn't a lot of positives he could pull from this game he, he started the press conference by talking about his wife and his kids and that's something that Matt Patricia usually does not do so I thought that was actually Pretty interesting, perhaps pretty telling. A lot of times you see coaches kind of toward the end. Jim Caldwell did this as well. He brought it, would have his family around. I think if you maybe remember this in 2017 after 
they played their last game. He brought his entire family into their press conference. Um, the fact that he mentioned his family. Now, granted, it's Thanksgiving, so it's a little bit different there. But, you know, I, I think it's something to to talk about. And here is his opening statement. And I'm going to read it because, again, I think it, it maybe tells you where he's at mentally right now. Quote, before we get into the game, obviously just we've got a lot to be thankful for here. Health, family. So I hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving. I'm just really appreciative of my family, my wife, my kids. My wife does a lot behind the scenes. And from that standpoint, I appreciate her a lot. Obviously, the game wasn't how we wanted it to go. We didn't play well enough. In those situations that come up, you've got to do a better job in them. And it's not good enough. And we know that. We've got to play better. We'll take a couple questions and kind of go from there. So that's the first time he's really said a couple of questions. But beyond that, anything he's talked about his family, if you remember in that first season, anytime anyone would ask him anything about anything not related to football, he would not answer it at all. Like, I think if you remember, if you remember, I asked him about or I forget if it was me or somebody else asked him about like doing like Christmas shopping or or whatever. And he just answered with the word Vikings. Like, I'll never forget that as long as I'm in sports, because it was just he just wouldn't do it. Now, he's been a little better the last couple of years, but it's not something that he delves into much getting into anything when it comes to away from football with his family or his kids or or anything like that. And I respect that. And I understand that. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to keep that separate. And I totally can respect that and, and get it. But the fact that he did that and he talked about it right off the top was was something that kind of struck me a little bit. And I know Dave Burkett tweeted about that as well. Um, I thought it was was pretty interesting. But you look at kind of the way he talked in the press conference. He was asked, does he expect to be coaching the team next week? Quote, yeah, again, I focus on one day at a time. That hasn't changed, so we'll focus on today and go from there. And he wouldn't say timelines of meeting with ownership, meeting with Bob Quinn, who he obviously talks to a lot. He just wouldn't get into anything big picture. Now, that is, again, typical for Matt Patricia, but the last few weeks after losses, I've just noticed, and this is maybe just a random observation, he seems obviously more sullen and, and more defeated after losses lately and today he kind of felt very similar now couldn't totally tell because of the issues with uh with the audio but i mean at this point he's been getting questions about his job status every day for for weeks for for a month more or less certainly after almost every game after every loss definitely and i mean I, no matter what he can say no matter what he says about it yeah, it wears on you. I mean, think about it. If you got questioned about your job every day for a month and it was a very public job and you were publicly failing, it would wear on you too. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the most stone-faced person out there. Matt Patricia is not that. Matt Patricia is an emotional guy. He's a passionate guy. And yeah, it wears on you without a doubt. Uh, Matthew Stafford was asked whether he felt like Matt Patricia should continue to be the head coach. Quote, it's not my decision. That's for somebody else. If you want to ask me about the game, you ask me about the game. Now, I'm the one who asked him that question. To be fair, we have asked Matt Patri Matt Matthew Stafford that question before about Joe Lombardi, about Jim Schwartz, about Jim Caldwell, about Jim Bob Cooter, uh, about Scott Linehan, and... Matt Patricia, or not Matt Patricia, Matthew Stafford generally gives some variation of that answer about that it's not his decision, that that's a decision for somebody else. He tries to kind of stay out of that and be just a player. And, you know, 
I, I understand that too. Now, he's the leader of this team. Now, who knows what happens with his future? And I think he recognizes that too, that you just don't know what's going to happen with him now because I think there's an inflection point you're hitting with him and deciding where you want to go with him in the future if you want to continue forward with him. But that answer, I've seen some people make a big deal out of it. That did not strike me as a huge thing because that's a very Matthew Stafford answer. I also asked him whether he wondered if he ever ever wonders about what it's like to play elsewhere because, I mean, that's come up a lot too and that's not the first time and quote no I just put my head down and go to work it's on us as players we have to go out there and make plays it doesn't matter what uniform you're wearing the team that makes more plays is going to win the game and we didn't do that and haven't done it consistently enough this year we understand that we work every day to make sure that it is us who is making the plays to win the game so we have to go out there and make plays when they're available end quote and you know he didn't want to talk big picture so that's kind of where Matthew Stafford was at at this point and, you know, he was asked whether, you know, he thought that Matt Patricia has changed it all. And he said that, no, he believes he's the same guy every day. And he was asked about his own personal toll on the season. And, you know, he said he feels lucky to be able to play and that, you know, quote, is it easy to lose games? No, that's tough. There's no question about that. But at the same time, I do feel lucky to do what I do, especially at a time like this. End quote. TJ Hawkinson was asked about Matt Patricia's job status and he basically also didn't want to comment on it. And he said that he'd always be grateful to Matt Patricia for taking a chance on him. So those are kind of where the players are when it comes to, to where, to where they feel about their head coach right now. And, and again, I wasn't struck by any of those answers. Now, no one was coming out passionately, passionately defending Matt Patricia. I think Adrian Peterson did a little bit, but I didn't catch that that because I was in another press conference at the time. But, you know, that, again, doesn't surprise me. I, I think that the way players would universally rally around Jim Caldwell was a rarity, at least from what I've seen on the professional level. So that's kind of where things are in the locker room. As far as within the game, there were a couple guys who I thought played well. I thought TJ Hawkinson had a good game, five catches, 89 yards. A lot of that, of course, came on a 51-yard double reverse flea flicker. That was a gorgeous play on the first drive of the game. It was really aggressive from Daryl Bevel. Liked that play call. But I thought Hawkinson played well. I thought he continued to show the progress that he's been making. I thought Adrian Peterson ran well. I thought on Johnson ran well considering what they were being asked to do obviously they end up in a negative game script again so that changes a little bit of it but they did run 26 times between the two of them they gained 101 yards between the two of them so that's a, that's a pretty decent day they scored a couple of touchdowns jack fox didn't have the best day punting um I, Jamal Agnew, I think the one thing maybe we learned about this team today is Jamal Agnew can throw the ball a bit. He had he had a great arm there. Obviously, Matthew Stafford did not bring that ball in, but it was really close. But that was a perfect pass from Jamal Agnew. And then defensively, did anyone really have a good game? I don't know. I mean, you saw Jared Davis as an edge rusher, which was something new and different. Um, other than that... No one really had a standout game. I mean, Everson Griffin had a half sack. 
Nick Williams had his first sack with, as, with the Lions, but, you know, that he's been so up and down this season and largely down. You know, there wasn't a lot of good plays out there to be made by the Lions. They're just – or not. I, I thought Daryl Bevel on the whole actually called a pretty decent game. Couldn't help the three turnovers on three possessions, but I thought he was more aggressive. They ran a couple of different trick plays. Obviously still ran probably way too much running Peterson up the middle, Peterson up the middle, but they came out in the second half. They were really aggressive and they ran the ball right down Houston's throats. Then they did get stopped and ended up turning into a field goal. And that was pretty much at that point when that happens. And they end up having to take the Matt Prater field goal, which cut the Houston lead to 23-17. to The Texans get that field goal back. But at that point, it, it was all pretty much over because then they, they kick a field goal. Then Texans score on that flea flicker. That becomes 34-17. Then Will Fuller scores again. That becomes 41-17. And at that point, you're done if you're the Lions. Uh, but they they ran a lot of of trickery. And they I thought they did a lot of really interesting stuff. And they were really aggressive. To me, it felt very much like a Week 17 game plan from the Lions in their aggressiveness. Because if you remember the last couple of years, Patricia's thrown out everything in Week 17. There was the Matt Prater throw. There was Taylor Decker catching a touchdown. There's there's been excitement and, and trickery, and you're like, well, where has this aggressiveness been from a guy who's been largely conservative in Patricia? And you saw that, I think, a little bit again today where it was like emptying a little bit. So, if, again, if you're looking for another sign of maybe things to come, that to me, I think I noted it even on Twitter, that this felt very much like a Week 17 type of game plan that they were just kind of going for it. Now, you wonder what they would have done maybe if they had just gone for it before and been more aggressive, but we'll never know that answer. So that's kind of, I think, where things are right now. There's not much more to say about this game. The Lions drop to 4-7. and seven. They've got five games left in this season, and they're at Chicago, home against Green Bay, at Tennessee, home against Tampa, home against Minnesota, and then this season's over. And we'll find out. Whether it's this weekend, we'll find out at some point in December what the future is going to hold for this franchise. But that's kind of where things are. And who knows, we'll either be talking again perhaps in the next few hours, next couple of days, or back to our regularly scheduled programming on Monday. I want to thank all of you for listening to this show. I really appreciate it. I know I've said it a few times over the last couple of days, but I'm very grateful for my slowly growing audience here and for all of you that are so passionate and so willing to inter- to engage with me in the mailbags to everything and we're going to continue to try to maybe find ways to make that some of that stuff better and get some guests and kind of keep rolling here I want to thank my sponsors pepsi indeed bet online I want to thank blue wire podcasts for being so kind to host this podcast I want to thank regions field who was the original sponsor of this podcast as well and really kind of got this thing going a little bit I want to thank my parents my dad's my my mom obviously has been dead a few years but you know my dad I want to thank my brother didn't get to spend Thanksgiving with them that's a first usually they come in for Thanksgiving they go to the Lions game I meet up with them when I'm done with work then we actually usually hit up the MGM Grand Casino Buffet 
uh, in Detroit, that's usually what our Thanksgiving has been for a while and to the point where even if I don't do the buffet part of it, that's been my Thanksgiving tradition basically since I started covering the Lions because I don't have any family around here and you know, by the time I'm out of there, restaurants largely aren't open. Obviously, this year, nothing was open. But, yeah, so it's weird not to be able to do Casino Thanksgiving. It's weird to be in an empty stadium. Weird to be able to drive right across Woodward and actually down Woodward uh, to get to the game. Well, it was all a little bit weird today. And I just hope that if you're able to virtually or safely uh, in person see your families, Talk to some friends. Be grateful for your the your people, the people who are around you. This has been a tough year, 2020. It really, really has, and it's not lost on me about that. And you know, I mean, we've all had our struggles. Uh, I've talked about them, I think, a little bit here and there on this show, especially in the spring. But I, like I said, I'm just grateful for all of you, and I'm grateful for this audience. I'm grateful to ESPN for for hiring me a decade ago and to my bosses, John Plume and Heather Burns and Mike Wong for, for working with me and my bosses over on the combat side, side of things, Andrew Feldman, Andres Ferrari, Christina Daglas, and on the investigative side of things, some of the editors I get to work with over there, David Duffy, Mike Drago. I'm grateful for all of my friends too, both my colleagues at ESPN, all the NFL Nation team. You've heard a lot of them on this show this season and last season, and they're an amazing group to work with. Um, they're so talented, and they bring so much to the table every day, and they push me and, and make me want to be better uh, at my job and better as a reporter and as a writer and as a podcaster, even though this is not affiliated with ESPN. Uh, so I'm grateful for all of that and for all of those people, and I'm grateful for for some of my closest friends who I don't get to see and I don't get to talk to my high school friends who I zoomed with on Wednesday and my college friends who are some of my closest people in the entire world and my ESPN friends and my friends in Ann Arbor who I'm incredibly grateful for and I'm so thankful for them on a day-to-day basis because they become family to me and a local family to me. So I'm, I know I'm just rambling on here a little bit, but I'm grateful for a lot and thankful for so much this year. Uh, And you've heard me talk about this on the podcast before, I think, and I'm going to end the show on this today. And that is uh, my friend Chris Snow. If you've been following him, he's the assistant GM in Calgary. He was diagnosed with ALS, and they told him maybe he'd have 18 months to live. And he's uh, still going incredibly strong over 18 months later now and I'm grateful that he's fighting ALS as as hard as he is and and with everything he's got and you know he's been really open on on Twitter about stuff him and his wife Kelsey they're up in Calgary and you should give them a follow um he is at Chris Snow CGY on Twitter and she is at Kelsey Snow writes and, or Kelsey writes or Kelsey S writes. I forget which one. She'll probably get mad at me for that. But go follow them because their story has been heartbreaking and inspiring. And, and watching Chris do what he does and fight as he does inspires me every day. And it's um, it's really difficult to watch 
somebody you care about and somebody you've known for a couple of decades go through what they are going through and what Chris is going through. But I hope so many people have the strength that my guy Chris has. Uh, he is actually getting a feeding tube next week. They've been pretty open about that uh, as, as ALS has made swallowing much harder and, and speaking more difficult. And he's got a couple young kids who are amazing, but um, he's still working out. He's lifting probably more than I ca- than I do now, even though I haven't been in the gym in a while, but he's, he's fighting. And that's, I think that's a lesson there that we can all take is that fight, love your people, care about your people and just live as everything means it. So anyway, I know you didn't expect that at the end of this show, but I want to thank y'all again for listening and we'll be back again. If there is news, we'll be back again at some point before Monday. Otherwise, we'll be back again on Monday. Thank y'all. And once again, have, have a great holiday weekend and a happy Thanksgiving.